Well, welcome everyone to the Robin Walter Show. Goodness sakes, we've got so much to fit in here today. Um, I'm just going to get a couple of things quickly out of the way. If you want to uh, hear this program or tell somebody to hear it by way of the webpage, that's robinwalter.net. If you want to write me with a complaint, criticism, constructive, other or otherwise, it's robinwaltershow at gmail.com. And uh, what else is there? Don't forget that we are available to be reached on all of your podcast forums. I think we're on all of them now, including Rumble. Uh, type in on Rumble, just Robin Walter Show, no spaces, no caps, up in the search bar. For all the other podcast forums, it's The Robin Walter Show with spaces in between why it's that way, I don't know, but we can't get them to make be the same. So anyway, uh, let's roll. I've got so much. This is the, the last program, of course, before the election. I have held off on speaking about the election because everybody is consumed with it on the mainstream media and then the correct media or the better media, Newsmax, certainly uh, to some extent Fox, depending upon who you're listening to on Fox, and so forth, but I've held off because I just haven't had clear, concise thoughts to pass on until today. And as it would be, this is the last program. It's uh, I wouldn't say it's late, but it's on time. If it's from God, it's on time. If it's of me, I'm late or I'm early. So anyway, a couple of things I want to get out of the way real quickly. Um, the importance of the Second Amendment, Justin Trudeau outlaws Canadians' God-given right to self-defense. That's right. He just comes out, forget the Constitution. They don't really have one. I don't. I like to think the best of our Canadian brothers, certainly those in the Lord, think the way that we do, but the most of them are lost to, um, to elect a loser like Trudeau, and that's with fair elections. In Canada, fair elections, and they're electing Trudeau. He said, from today forward, it is no longer legal to buy, sell, or transfer a handgun in Canada. End quote. Just like that. I'm the big Nazi. I'm the big cheese. I'm in charge. I used to be a masseuse or whatever he was, but now he loves. It's good to be king to Justin, and he's such a loser. Next one, Rochelle Walensky. Get vaxxed, get vaxxed, get vaxxed, get vaxxed. Fauci, get vaxxed. Biden, get vaxxed. You won't get COVID. Rochelle Walensky now uh, has been vaxxed five times, has COVID for what? The third time? Biden and Fauci, they've had COVID now two or three times after they've been vaxxed four times. Yes, victims of their own lies. How about that? Either they were smart enough... Either this vaccine works and they lied about getting the vaccine. Yeah, think about that. They knew it was they knew it was a piece of crap. 
so they didn't get it, and now they're getting? I don't know. You figure it out. They're liars, hypocrites. From the feckless batch of intimidators, sometimes better known as the FBI, feckless, why? Gosh, well, we'll get to that maybe later because it's part of the part of the news as it relates to the election. Intimidators, without question. Now, picking up on Pfizer that wanted 75 years to release the data on COVID, which, of course, means everybody's dead sooner or later. Um, and then we'll find out that they lied. They, they were the misinformation. They hate people, apparently. The FBI, taking a cue from them, wants 66 years to release the information from Seth Rich's computer. Remember Seth Rich, the one that we pro- that everybody believes Hillary one-offed and had him uh, taken out because he was leaking, supposedly, as she thought, information to Julian Assange? Well, um, they want 66 years. Christopher Ray is the most unqualified anti-American, no, not the most, just one, he's got stiff competition for one of the most un-American, alleged Americans there are. So, that's out of the way. Let's get on with the show. As, uh, who would say that? Bugs Bunny, I guess it was, who said that. Okay, so now you know who informs my political thoughts. I want to start with this. I, I have been seething, and now I'm steaming at Republican stupidity. Yeah? And to some extent, Democrat smarts. See, the the Democrats learned from Hillary Clinton in 2016. The Republicans have not. Here is my message to Newt Gingrich. This is my quick message to Donald Trump. My message to Kevin McCarthy. My message to Sean Hannity. Shut up. Please, shut up. Would you quit yakking about how the Republicans are going to steamroll the Democrats? How the red wave is turning into a red tsunami? And all of this crapola, did you not learn anything from Hillary Rodham's mistake in 2016? The Dems thought they had it all in the bag. Why? Because the media was telling everybody the Dems had it in the bag. And, of course, the media, incompetent, stupid, immoral as they are, and gutless, the mainstream media, thought that they were helping Hillary by telling everybody that the Democrats had it in the bag. As a result, a whole bunch of Democrat voters did not show up. As I've said before, if Hillary Rodham Clinton, Rodham spelled R-O-T-T-E-M, if you're wondering, had any thought that the pollsters were wrong, she would have upped her game. The only thing that Hillary Rodham Clinton regrets from 2016 is having not put more effort in helping or making sure she could steal the election. She thought stealing it was unnecessary. And she loses by a hair's breath. Breath. Forgot the D in the word. Hair's breath. She thought she had it in the bag. 
Who needs to steal it when we actually could win this legitimately? And what are we doing? What are the Republicans doing? Gingrich, oh, we're going to pick up all these seats. Trump, this is going to be a steamroll. Hannity, I'm goodness sakes, look, the polls are... You know what? They might be right, but they could be wrong. Going back to 2016, six years ago, I was one of the few guys that did not say Trump had it in the bag. I thought he was leading. I thought he could win. I thought he would win, but for one thing, a prophetic word, and that was unless the Democrats steal the election, which they did. And, of course, all the Republicans saying we got this in the uh, – or the Democrats saying we got this – I'm going to get my ears mixed up here. Summer of 2020, the re-election of Donald Trump. That's when everybody said he had it in the bag, and it looked like he did. I didn't think so, especially if the Democrats go to stealing it. And the Republicans shout their, shot their mouth off, and the Democrats up their game to steal the election. We're doing the same stinking thing again. Do you know who's actually uh, exercising the first display of wisdom in his entire life? Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom is out there saying, we're in trouble. We've blown the narrative. We've screwed this up. And if you want to think that there's any chance of pulling this out, you better get your tush out there and vote. He's calling out the alarm. While people like Howard Dean and uh, Michael Moore, they're predicting Democratic pickups in both the House and the Senate. I don't know who's right, but I can tell you what's wrong, and that is the strategy or lack thereof. I don't know what Gingrich and Trump and Hannity and McCarthy and others are, are thinking. Do they want to be able to say, if the Republicans should win this, are they wanting to say that they called it? And Ted Cruz, is that what they want to be able to say? Do they want to be say, do they want to say, not only was I right, I was the first one to be right. Now, I hope they're true. I hope it's true. I hope it is a red tsunami. And we'll talk about the possibility, but what the risk is a little bit later in the program. But this is the most stupid, insane things. What every one of these should be saying is simply this. Republicans, independents with brains, You've got to get out there and vote. This election is way too close to sit on our duff. Simple, easy, and it's probably true. But even if it isn't, we don't know. Who knows what the pollsters are, how correct they are. The only one that's ever been any good is Rasmussen, and all the others come around and join Rasmussen uh, five hours into election day so they can say that they got it right. I don't know why we can't learn. Now, moving on to election-related topics, let's cover Mr. Paul Pelosi. As you've heard me say before, I don't cover things that others have covered unless 
two things, one of two things occurred, maybe both. I feel like I have an insight that has not been picked up even on conservative radio and TV, as little as there is, or I have a biblical insight that needs to be shared, which will never show up on any of the programs. I want to start this piece by saying that the one who has done without question the best job of exposing the falsehoods, the gaps, the contradictions in the FBI report of what happened is Greg Kelly from Newsmax. Absolutely without question. Now, he won't let go of the topic, and I'm glad he won't. He owns it at this point. When the other night, if you can, if you could pull up Greg Kelly's going through the FBI indictment, if you will, the fact of, of, of the facts and the arrests leading up to it, and all the inconsistencies, even the mainstream media has gotten caught twisted in their own underwear. Double entendre? Well, I would guess so, because what is Paul Pelosi doing with this other guy, both in their underwear? Why does her FBI report is so stinking riddled with gaps? The the rookie FBI agent, I forgot her name. She's been there a couple of years, but assigned to the institute or the Department of Domestic Terrorism. Well, if they want to investigate domestic terrorism, a good place to start is Nancy Pelosi's house. And then they might just go to Chuck E. Cheese Schumer's house, and then maybe Barack Obama's house, and then maybe to Christopher Ray's house, the head of the FBI, and and just move on to Mayorkas. Keep keep it going. That's who should be investigated. You want to investigate domestic terrorism? And of course, Biden's home, the liar in chief. It was sophomoric, the writing style the consistency of the FBI report. You could only come away with this by saying they're lying, they're covering, and to cover a lie, you need more lies, and they can't get their lies straight. I don't want to go deeply into it. Listen to Greg Kelly's piece. I think it was from Tuesday. I could be wrong. But you pull it up. You will be blown away. This whole thing is smoke and mirrors. So let me start off on the relevance to this election of this whole thing. Because Joey No Brains Jackass Biden has gone overboard trying to tie this into mega Republicans. Of course, the guy is illegal. The guy has a declared mental illness. The record clearly indicates he's on the far left. He has nothing to do with the right. So Biden is simply lying out of every orifice of his body, something that he's tuned in to a fine art, and he's taken that uh, uh, that capability on tour. So Nancy Pelosi's ticked that Donald Trump won't turn over his tax returns. Now the good news is the Supreme Court upheld Trump's right to not turn him over. He doesn't have to turn him over. There was never any obligation to turn him over. There isn't now. But Pelosi, in her hyper-hypocritical, traditional fashion, while blasting Trump for not turning over his tax records, refuses to turn over the video of what happened in her own home. 
and being the big cheese, being the big um, Jezebel in charge of San Francisco, she has suppressed the police body cams from being revealed as to what's going on. Well, why, Nancy? Do you have something to hide? Of course you have something to hide. First of all, all of Joe Biden's stinking lies have to have some support, which they'd be blown out of the water if the mainstream media ever released what was going on, really, between these two men, each in their underwear. Now, CBS, ABC, they have pulled that story because they realize just how incompetent they are, how stupid they are at trying to cover uh, for Joe Biden when Joe Biden said this is a mega deal, and these guys are there in their underwear when the cops come in, and then later, after they're already there, they they have hammers going at each other. Well, you might say, isn't this equal? Trump refuses to release his tax returns. Pelosi refuses to release the video footage going on in her home because she could never let the truth out of what goes on in her house. She can't even let the truth go uh, get out of what goes on in the big house, the big house being the House of Representatives, not University of Michigan Stadium. Don't get me wrong there. You say, well, isn't it equal? Neither will release things. No, it is not equal at all, and here's why. And this is what the media will not cover. I don't know why. Donald Trump, to his defense, never used his tax returns, either what was in them or not in them, whatever the case may be, for political advantage. Nor did he ever use the tax returns for whatever was in them or not in them. That's up to him for political protection. Never. But Nancy Pelosi is not releasing it because Biden has made the Paul Pelosi attack a public issue by bringing it up as this is what the Republicans are all about. This guy is representative. This guy is the poster child. This guy is a mascot for the Republican, the mega Republicans. The hate. This is why you need to hate Republicans because this shows the degree of hate for Paul Pelosi and the Democrats. I didn't say Democrats. That's my word. He has made by. His own statements, what went on in Pelosi's apartment, or Pelosi's home, of critical importance relating to the election. Because he said, this is why you should not vote for any Republicans. When in reality, if it were shown, it would reveal why no one should vote for any Democrats. Now, here's my take. Here's what I think went on. I think Paul Pelosi is partly queer, and he was having a queer, sodomistic relationship. Look, two guys in their underwear. San Francisco. Was it all right when Pelosi got caught with under the DUI? Wasn't he with another guy at that time in his car? 
The guy's, I think the guy's queer. Maybe he's got cause with Nancy as a wife. Who knows? And that's what they're covering up. The police just come into an open door, but supposedly, oh, you know what? Go listen for yourself. But that is my take. They have to cover up the sordid, sodomistic queerdom that I think Paul Pelosi was engaged in. Next. Are we having fun yet? All of this stuff that I held back on. Ah, Now, I have this question that pops up, a fair question which I need to address because it is not addressed on any news station either. Either or either. You say tomato, I say tomato. Is abortion a game-saver issue for the Democrats? Is abortion a game-saver issue for the Democrats? I've got two responses here. Number one, how do I know? I don't know. I mean, we won't know until Wednesday. Well, According to Joe Biden, it's going to take a lot of time to count all those votes. It could be days before we know the answer. <clears throat> Meaning, we have to know what the real numbers are before we can determine how many votes we have to manufacture to steal another election. That's what he's really saying. But we don't know. Because we really have no way of gauging the true public response because of a couple of reasons. One media bias, which is over the top. Nobody trusts them. I don't, know who I don't know who's believing the media. If you are, you've got no brains. Look, you, uh, you, you must have had a frontal lobotomy if you still believe the media and you should not be voting. You should be summarily disqualified because of media bias. The other reason is because what polls are out there, I don't tell anybody if they call me, what I'm thinking? Not at all. So we don't know that the polls are correct as hard as they try to be correct because uh, some Republicans, some conservatives, some independents are wising up that you simply cannot trust the demoniacs in power. And these uh, polls will be used against them. That's point number two, one with two subparts. Now, point number two. This, I think, is a revelation. That is the probable blessing of the Supreme Court leak. Well, not the Supreme Court leak. The leaker of the Supreme Court opinion dealing with abortion. Now, I remember saying to my wife when this happened, the, the enemy intends things, everything for evil. And some things that he intends for evil are used for good. And I said to my wife the day that that leak broke, is it possible that this leak, clearly intended by the enemy, could be used for good? And I've pondered that question. And here is my thought. My thought is a very possible and probable yes that it could be a blessing that this story got leaked. Because here's what happens. Um, between an event like the, uh, the leak and the event 
and the electoral event, the election, the longer the time that exists between those two things, in this case the leak and the election versus the actual revelation of the decision, which came a couple of months after the leak, the longer the time, the less impact it's going to have. I mean, let's make this obvious. Let's suppose the leak occurred and uh, and then and the decision uh, which occurred a couple months later, but let's suppose the, the leak occurred and the election was a couple of years away. Well, in this particular case, it's not a couple of years, but it is a couple of months. And a couple of months is long enough for other things to happen, for the issue to die down, for other issues to pop up, which I'm going to cover in a minute. Let me put it this way. Let's suppose you had a son who was looking forward to going to Fort Lauderdale on spring break. But one month before the uh, anticipated exodus out of the northern realms for Fort Lauderdale, that son gets caught with uh, minors in possession in his car or a DUI just three or four weeks before he's ready to leave. The parents put the clamp down. They've got, they don't have much redemption uh, discussion to deal with, so they shut it down and say, you aren't going. And if you, and if you do go, then that's the last college tuition we're ever paying. He doesn't go. But let's suppose the kid's DUI or minors in possession, whatever it was, occurred four months before his departure or three months. So there's a two-month interval between his departure for Fort Lauderdale. There's three months. There's time for the parents and the son to talk it over. There's time for the kid to do good time. There's time for the kid to bring up other things. There's time for other issues to pop up that might compromise the, the parent's decision. It might alter their parent's decision because they see redemption in the eyes of the kid. Who knows what? Time changes things. So I thought... What could be the advantage? Is it better that this is out earlier than closer to the election? That's what I thought at the time. And does this mean that the Republicans are going to win? No. But what I do believe is no matter what the result is, the impact of the leak is less and actually favorable to a Republican outcome than letting it only be released at the time that the decision was given, being much closer to the election, making it much more of a live issue, at least in the hearts and minds of some people. Not all. Some, it's still a big issue. It's a deal breaker for some, but not all. And why? Because let's take a look at what has happened with the extra two months of time between the leak and the and the election versus the Supreme Court decision and the election. So you've got an extra couple of months. Let's suppose, let's just take our hypothetical 30-year-old woman who's semi-militantly pro-abortion. And she's ticked at the leak. 
and she's active. She marches and so forth for a couple of months, and the decision comes out. You can't get any more mad. All of which I might add, if a real strategist it would might think that the leak from the Supreme Court about abortion was done by the conservatives to dent the electoral impact. Now, that's an interesting take. I don't know. have no way of knowing until we identify that person. But this young woman, this 30-year-old woman, so what has happened in the extra two months that she's had? Well, she's had two more months to pay more for gas. She's had two more months to deal with paying more for groceries because of the inflation caused by Joe Biden. She has two extra months to be worrying every night after work because of the horrific rise in crime due to the Democrats in her city. She's got two more months to think about uh, just how scared and fraught she is uh, about possibly getting raped on the way to her car in the parking garage after work. You see, you've got two more months to think about newer problems, newer issues, and older problems getting worse. In other words, events and time, new issues, serious issues which have gotten worse in the intervening period, older issues getting worse, have diluted to some degree the impact of the leak. That is my take. Don't go away. I got more revelation coming at you. Robin Walter Show will be right back. The Robin Walter Show is a listener-supported program. Your contribution goes to help as many people as possible to hear that the Word of God has answers to help you survive and even thrive in the dark days ahead in this country. We pledge to bring you the critical information you need to make informed decisions in this age where big tech and big media have conspired to rid our country of everything Christian. Please send your support to Red Sky Radio, P.O. Box 99, Wickenburg, Arizona, 85358. That's Red Sky Radio, P.O. Box 99, Wickenburg, Arizona, 85358. Thank you. Well, I think my dog's a Democrat. And it breaks my heart to have to say an ugly thing like that. But there's a big old pile of evidence that all points towards the fact. We are back. This is the Robin Walters Show. Okay, the next revelation here. No, it's not a revelation. I think it's just an insight. But a, a month, a month, a week ago, uh, and I led up to it with two weeks ago, I referenced the fact that if the Republicans do take the House and the Senate, and certainly by any significant margin, we will have, okay, you got the riots that will probably occur, and the, and the Democrats are making sure it's going to happen. They will make sure that they fill their own prophetic statement, which we'll touch on in a minute. But I said that that's a certainty. But the, what people are not thinking about 
is what happened in 2008 when the red wave, the Tea Party takeover. What happened from the election time to the time they were sworn in, we got the crappy Obamacare because the Democrats knew. Taking a cue from the devil, knowing his time is short, they had to work furiously to get their dirty deed done, and they did with the Louisiana Purchase of Mary Landro and then uh, Bart Stupid uh, Stupak up in Michigan, the ones that sold out, made it happen. I said, you will see, and I'm still convinced that if the Republicans win, and they, especially if they win by a significant margin, we're going to see a torrent of legislative slime come out and get passed by Joe Biden. Some of it certainly will. And that, that two-month lame duck period for all the Democrats that got their butt kicked out. Here's the additional insight. If, in fact, the Republicans do win the House and the Senate, they got to take both, and especially by reasonable margins, and we have this torrent of legislative slime, the next thing is then that they, the Republicans, will have to begin to pass bills to repeal everything that the Democrats passed. And they will pass those bills. I don't think that there's any question because they're going to get tossed out of office in 2024 if they already cower and go weak-kneed and limp-wristed and lily-handed uh, because they're already concerned about what is, what's the most I can do, what's the least I can do to fulfill my campaign promises uh, and still get reelected. But... As certain as that would be, so certain is Biden vetoing any one of those bills. So now then the question becomes, do the Republicans have the will to override the veto? Well, they will say that they have the will to override the veto, but they won't be able to because they don't have enough votes to override the veto. They can have a supermajority but uh, still falls short of that, and there's no way that they're going to get the supermajority necessary to override a veto. So then what happens? I hope you're following this because this is so predictable. The Republicans only have one means by which to kill the evil that Biden and the Democrats have passed, and that is by killing the budget. The budget must be passed by Congress. It originates in the House. And you send a budget to Joe Biden that calls for the repeal of the funding of the 87,000 IRS agents, the repeal of this and that and everything else that's requiring us to print what is becoming very quickly nothing more than fiat money, and if... Biden still balks, then it's up to the Republicans to not pass a budget and force a government shutdown. This is going to be the pivotal point for the people who claim to be of the party of Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln was willing 
to go to war. Will the Republicans go to war over the budget and kill it and not give Biden and the Democrats anything close to what they want and threaten a shutdown, threaten their own pay, threaten their own free meals, threaten their own health care plan? Will they do it? You see, if they yield and basically give Biden what he wants just to keep the government going and all these things remain funded, I'm going to be the first to tell you it is over or it will be over for the United States of America. If they capitulate and they return to being just rank politicians concerned about staying in office, it's over for the United States. If they do not have the cojones to stand up and having done all to stand during their campaigns, then they don't stand when they're in office. If they don't have the cojones to be a one-term representative and do what's right for the country and throw it into turmoil, then it's over. And the turmoil they would throw it into is far less than the turmoil and the chaos if Biden ends up getting his way. Just like all the pain associated with the Civil War that Lincoln was willing to take on was less than had the South seceded and we never would have had a single country. We would have a country that's probably fractured in five different components. Now, am I a a fan of secession under circumstances, right ones? Yes, and we're headed that way. But had the secession been fulfilled, meaning there was not the war, we would have had four or five different countries. And I can tell you right now, Germany would not have needed to fight World War II because we would have lost World War I. We, wouldn't have, we have been a non-participant for the most part in World War II. Russia would run the world with China. It would be a whole different world if Abraham Lincoln didn't count the cost of the lives and the pain of a war compared to what would happen if uh, he didn't do anything. Abraham Lincoln, as much as he didn't like slavery, was actually less concerned about slavery than he was about the breakup of the United States. And I understand this point. Not a great choice to have to make, but he made the right one. This is where the Republicans will be if they take over the House and the Senate And if they end up not being able to override a veto on all the bills they're going to pass to scrub this and that, which they need to do, they won't. They got to do it to look good and fulfill a campaign promise. But if they don't fulfill it to the point of of shutting down the government by not passing a budget that reins in the reckless government spending and the out of control, monetized, and politicized demonic agencies of the federal government, which are simply arms of the Democratic Party, 
then we, the Republicans, will have failed and we will get what we deserve. Mark this program. I'm going to, because I may have to replay it later. Okay, now to the down and dirty of what's going on, but I also want to leave some time at the end as to a biblical explanation of why we are where we are. Uh, and I'm going to skim through some of this other stuff because you've heard Joe No Brains, I'm the jackass in chief Biden, uh, talk about, and then his his talking head, Jean-Pierre Lesbienne. <clears throat> Boy, we got, we got more no-brainers attempting to function in a semi-coherent. No wonder Joe Biden and the Democrats are so in favor of artificial intelligence because they need some. So Joe Biden the other night says the Republicans win. You're going to that if you vote for them, it's a vote for quote, the dark forces that thirst for power. When I heard that, I said to my wife, well, this is interesting because I'm guessing it sounds like Biden is obviously talking about himself. He must be quoting himself from his own from his own uh, biography, from his own his autobiography. Because he's the dark force. What do you call the speech with a blood red background, the demonic speech with its shaded military office? Talk about dark forces thirsting for power. Biden needs to go. God, re remove him. Second Thessalonians 3, 2. Deliver us from wicked and unreasonable men because not all men have faith. God, do whatever you need to do to remove that turkey. You say, oh, you're not showing respect. No, I don't have any respect for somebody that steals an election. Any more than I would call the burglar who's got my children and my spouse at gunpoint the head of the household. You don't have to respect the burglar who's temporarily in charge of your house. He's not the head of the household if he takes it by theft, any more than Biden is president who took it by theft. Those of you listening, especially on the podcast, could you pass this program on ASAP, please? I'm sensing an urgency. So Biden goes on. This is, so let me understand here now. Biden goes on to say that democracy is under assault. Now, this is Jean-Pierre Lesbien. I forgot which Nimrod I'm quoting. Democracy is under assault, and we cannot pretend otherwise. Uh, Jean-Pierre Lesbien, let me school you on how things work. First of all, we're not a democracy. We're a constitutional republic, but I would not expect any head like you to know that, much less the people who are pulling your strings. I will tell you when a constitutional republic is under assault, it's when you make it is, well, let me no, I make sure. I'll, I'm going to flip that the other way. This is how you make sure that a constitutional republic is functioning as it was designed to do. It's when you make sure that every single legitimate vote is counted and that every single illegitimate vote is denied. And when you, Jean-Pierre Lesbienne, and Biden, and all the other little talking nimrods, 
when you say that we have seen mega Republican officials who don't believe the rule of law and it's an assault on democracy, you're the ones who are assaulting a constitutional republic by influencing elections, whether it's the 400 million from uh, the Facebook fake out Mark Zuckerberg. Or, well, we, I don't want to get into that. That takes me off, off target here. Because who are the real election deniers? Jean-Pierre Lesbien and who oh, said that they're election deniers from the White House. And, they, and they're trying to nail Carrie Lake, who's great. On the campaign trail, though, she said that, well, quote her. I want to quote her. Let's talk about election deniers. She pulls out, then she said, here are 150 examples of Democrats denying election results. Then she goes down through a list starting in 2000 with Al Gore and the Democrats denying George Bush's election. You can move on to Al Franken denying the vote. He had to have, what, two or three recounts to finally get elected. To Hillary Rodden Clinton, to Stacey Abrams running for governor, who claimed that the election was stolen. Jean-Pierre Lesbienne, stating her, quoting herself, said, quoting herself, stating, Carrie Lake was quoting Jean-Pierre Lesbienne's statement, quote, remember Brian Kemp stole the gubernatorial election from Georgians and Stacey Abrahams. So what Carrie Lake is saying is, who are the real election deniers? This is brilliant. And if she loses, it's only because the election in Arizona was stolen. So who's the real election denier? And if if the Republicans are going to try to steal an election, as I mentioned last week, who runs the House now? Who runs the Senate? Who has the judiciary? Well, maybe the Republicans do. Who has the executive, though? Who has the FBI? Who has the Department of Justice? Who has every federal agency? Who owns the media? Who owns Hollywood? Who owns the uh, academia? They're all Democrats. How do you steal something owned by somebody else in all respects? Why, Federal Appeals Court, do you have to lock up the two reporters for and jail them that produce 2,000 mules. Why? Because you are afraid the truth is going to get out. Because you are the deniers. Biden did say, did say one thing that's true. He said, quote, This election is not about me. It's about the durability of our democracy. Well, you got that right, Joe. I, and you know what? I wanted to read, but I'm not going to get to it. The piece by, uh, go listen to MSNBC. It's been quoted on other news about what's his face. Uh, I can't think of his name here. Uh, Beck Beachloss. Beach, Beach He's a historian on MSNBC who was saying that if Republicans win, the children are going to be locked up. They're going to go before firing squads. I mean, the insanity, the lunacy of the left, the reckless rhetoric that not only cites and violence, but they're, what they're doing is actually by saying this is what's going to happen. Hell is going to break loose. It's going to uh, they're going to be rise. This is what the Republicans are going to do. And and because in an attempt to stop the Republicans from all this killing of children, <laughs> the Republicans are about making children live. That's what the 
Supreme Court decisions about. But MSNBC is saying that Republicans are going to end up killing children. When they're the killers, they're obviously the killers in chief. This rhetoric is designed to do one thing, to ensure that if the Republicans do take this, that there then is predetermined, preset, fabricated violence justification. And then the Democrats are, are enabled to fulfill their own prophecy. See, we told you this would happen, even though they were the ones paying people to, to riot and all of this stuff. We told you it was going to happen. My goodness sakes. Liar-in-chief. That's Joe Biden. Uh, I, 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 uh, I got Obamacare done because I campaigned in all 54 states, just like he lied the other day about saying that he was the one that got everybody the Social Security raise. Well, technically, Joe was right because Joe caused the inflation that triggered the Social Security raise, which was tied to the cost of living index, which was instituted in 1972 by President Nixon. So technically, he's right. He did cause it because he caused the inflation. Now, gosh, there's so much more I want to cover there, but I can't. Why are we where we are? Got Get out a pencil paper. I got three verses I need to give you and give you quickly. The first one, Romans 1. Romans 1, starting with verse 27 to 32. Holy Spirit speaking, likewise, the men leaving the natural use of the women to burn in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves the recompense of the air which was meet, just like Paul Pelosi. Now, I added that. I'm sorry. But the mainstreaming of sodomy and everything homosexual has, has diluted people's minds um, because watch what follows here in Romans. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, that's Democrats today, they don't like to retain anything about God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. So what we have in power is what God has actually given them over to. They're that debased. Listen to what God describes the reprobate mind as and tell me if there is anything in this list that doesn't describe the current Democrat Party being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents. You go right on down the line here. Disobedient to parents. I mean, California giving sanctuary to minors who want to run off to, to get alleged sex changes and genital mutilation without parental support. Haters of God. Boasters of evil in th things. Without understanding. Covenant breakers without natural affection, i.e. queerdom. Implacable. Unmerciful. Who knowing... Un unmerciful? Goodness sakes. All the left wants to do is kill who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death. But they not only do the same, they have pleasure in those that do likewise. The left is so evil and takes pleasure 
And those that do exactly what they champion, that God has given them over to a reprobate mind, and that's who we have in power. Verse number 2. Verse number 2. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. Now the Spirit saith, uh, speaketh expressly, that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Having their conscience seared with a hot iron. The last verse I want to point you to comes from 2 Thessalonians. I hope you're writing these down. Look them up for yourself. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. Now this discusses what's going on in the end times, but it's really discussing the, the latter times which we are in, and this is more specifically directed to the tribulation, but it's to the same effect that the truth is denied the truth is rejected. The truth is punished. The truth is suppressed. The truth is attacked. And it says here in Second Thessalonians, it says, And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. You see, so these we're talking about these same people. They not only do they export sin, they invent sin, they love sin at all, and they suppress the truth, hate the truth, punish the truth, sue the truth, execute people who speak the truth. They take great pleasure in others doing the evil that they do because it helps them feel better. But all of this amounts to what, in one case. God has seared, they have a conscience that's seared. In other words, nothing can touch them anymore. They're gone. They're not reachable. They've been given over to a reprobate mind to do all those things which I read out of first out of Romans 1. And then finally, at the tail end of all of this, God just simply gives them what they want. He sends them strong delusion to believe the lie. You see, this is where the Democrats are. They, they don't think they're lying anymore. There was a time when they would lie to get elected and lie to do this. But we're, it's being given over to a strong delusion that they should believe the lie. They actually believe their own lies. And to them, therefore... To them, they're not lies. That's why they can be so bold in speaking lies, because they believe they're speaking the truth. And, of course, the good thing about all of this is verse 12 from Second Thessalonians 2, that all those that do that might be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. I'm not saying I want people going to hell. What I'm saying is 
there are those who've made their bed and there's no coming back. But for you and for me, sit tall in the saddle, America. You ride for the brand, the brand of Jesus Christ. God bless you. See you next week.